0: You're listening to Storytellers. Four minds, one story, all entertainment.
1: Four minds how the fuck do i just fall into this calm white voice um <clears throat> four minds one story <sighs> welcome to storytellers this is episode three and i am officially Rashani. today i am joined by three uh, absolutely delightful storytellers and as usual the one the only lspn nigga <laughs> First and foremost, I am joined by the radiant, mm-hmm. the wonderful, the perfection, mm-hmm. the voice, <laughs> Erica. Erica, how are you doing today?
2: Are you going to make it a point
0: to flatter me every episode? Because this is wild. I'm, I'm fabulous. Thank
1: you. so much. Yes, we'll add that. You're absolutely right. We will add that. But <laughs> and um, we'll just say it every week until you make it a T-shirt, and then you can wear that every week going forward. Wow! By <laughs> the wonderful, the wildly inventive, the
3: tall, the black, Aaron Rand Freeman. I didn't, I didn't know. I thought, I thought you had rolled it back to talking about Erica. And I was just like, "Oh," he said, "tall," and I was like, "Wait a second. <laughs> it's it, this my there. table. <laughs> it's not, it's not all this thing, right.
1: Wait, this is my lunch. He's calling out my name. Have you ever tried to like take somebody else's food because they're not coming up to the front to pick it up and you're hungry? No, me neither. I'm just not allowed at Burger King anymore. And our guest for the day, we are joined by a absolute storytelling god. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the one true voice. He is the black guy who sounds British on his show because somehow he figured out how to make fucking Siri read his stories for him, which is fucking fantastic. wish I could do that. won't even do my GPS for me. He is available on the SPN Rights Podcast. We're joined by Shane Paul Neal.
4: Shane, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've am got to say, this was the most difficult thing. As a, call me a storytelling guy, this was the hardest shit I ever had to do. Like, this was, <laughs> you always talk struggle bars. Like, this was painful. Y'all do this every week or every 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 episode. I don't know how y'all do it. Like, kudos to y'all.
1: Well, for everybody who's listening and they're curious, let me, before we get into what the st- uh, game is about or the show is about. Let me tell you how it works. First, we are afraid. We're petrified. We don't know if we're going to be able to get this story out in time. But then we sit down in front of the mic and things just come out of our face and then we're here. We're in a whole different place. So now we're telling stories from outer space about the Guardians of the Galaxy and how they had to save the human. Wait, wrong. That's on Friday. Um, Here's how the story goes, y'all. We have four storytellers and the beloved, the beautiful Jessica couldn't be with us today. She is uh, taking care of some stuff that needs to be dealt with. So uh, we send her all the love and regards, and we will hopefully see her soon. For those of y'all who still don't know, Storytellers is the show where four separate people come out to uh, create one story. Um, The only catch is the people don't know how the story is going to go. The first person starts a story. It's a three to five minute segment and then they pass it on to the next person. The second person hears the first person's story and they build on that story. After that, it starts to get a bit interesting. See, the third person who gets the story from the second person never gets a chance to hear the first person's version of the story, never gets to hear the intro to this story that they're building. So they're building just based off of what the second person gave them. And the fourth person, the one who's closing the story, they don't get to hear anything other than the third person's story. It's always a delight. And uh, it somebody probably will just get erased from this story completely. As a matter of fact, I can freaking guarantee it. I have yet to have a situation where somebody's not invented or deleted uh, in the in the process of this show. Um, if you want to send us an email, we're available at storytellerspod at gmail.com. We're available on Twitter at StoryTalespin. o e o. That is a l e. S P I N storytell spin. Uh, check us out there. All of our shows will be posted. So LSPN, if you would go ahead and play the first part of the story.
0: Angel, Angel, look, look, that's him. What? Who? Where? That's Dr. Carver. You know, the guy from the, I can hear you, you know, Dr. Raddick V. Carver looked up from one of the many glowing panels embedded in the walls of the university library. It was normally empty at this hour. No students willingly took themselves to Central Hub for research before 11th click, and few could be bothered to drag themselves in before the 17th click, truth be told. The translucent timekeeper and the AI custodian that floated above the reception desk marked the time as 6.03 click. The girls, Angel and her companion Rodka, had the good graces to look abashed. "Sorry, doctor," Angel murmured and then nudged Rodka with her elbow in a not-so-subtle way. When Rodka did not make a similar apology, Angel nudged her again and bugged her eyes in significant urgency. "Uh, right. Sorry, Dr. Carver. We didn't mean anything by it." "Of course you didn't." "'The doctor intoned. He waited, "'one hand just a few scant inches off the hollow panel. "'The girls continued to stare at him. "'He continued to stare back, "'and when no one had said anything further, "'after several seconds, "'he decided to mentally give it a count of ten. "'By the time he'd gotten to seven... "'So, um... (laughs) "'That is,' Angel began... And this time it was Rodka doing the nudging, but to no avail. There's this competition on campus? More like a beauty pageant, Rodka scoffed. It's not. It's a science competition on uh, evolutionary enhancement and integration. A beauty contest with genome editing. Rodka was smirking now. Angel opened her mouth to protest again, and Dr. Carver shook his head. "'I am not licensed for that sort of work any longer, as you well know. "'As everyone well knew. "'It was only by the thinnest of translucent and fraying threads "'that he'd managed to avoid permanent confinement after the trial, "'and that was only because his other work was too useful to halt.' The technology he'd developed had proven itself useful within the Central Military Alliance, but it was just a dot too complex for anyone else to wrangle it, or else Dr. Carver's little... indiscretions, as he liked to call them? They would have meant the end of his highly prestigious and quite lucrative career. As it was, he had lost most of the prestige, but only a quarter of the funding, and none of his tenure. "'It's not anything like that,' Angel tried again. It's not superficial at all. It's, I can't help you. But I've already done all the theory work, and I will not be a party to frivolous genome alterations, young lady. I'll give you full rights to my entire genome. (sighs) That goes for practically nothing these days, even with the parsing. It's never been sequenced before, doctor. Not for commercial purposes, not ever. Dr. Carver paused in his protest and raised an eyebrow. Don't be ridiculous. And my parents and their parents were raised entirely outside the network. No wave interference, no alterations. Dr. Carver took his hand away from the panel and looked Angel over. Rodko was full-on glaring now, but stone silent. Full rights, he said. Yes, total access, all derivatives, everything. It's all yours. Just please help me with this. Let's discuss this in the lab.
3: Very good. <laughs> that was really good. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I'm excited because almost none of that made it to me. So I'm just <laughs> <laughs> having, having heard that, uh-huh. I was just like, well, it's a hell of a story there.
0: That's where we started.
3: So um, I, I,
1: I can say without hesitation that, um, yeah, I immediately killed two people. I thought about that after I did the story. And I, you know what? I said too much. Erica, what was the most challenging thing about the scenario you set
4: up?
0: Really, it was trying to figure out a logical and reasonable Situation where you would have a plastic surgeon in a library and make it interesting, which is why I spun it forward to make it sci fi and gave him some uh, questionable background there. I figured it'd be fun for the next person to play around with as to what those indiscretions might be. Um, that particular character is one that I've played before in role playing games, so he's not a nice gentleman. I was curious as to what people
1: would do with him. Yeah, good start, Erica. Good start. Uh, I I already, yeah. LSPN. (laughs) I like that. I apologize for everything, Erica. LSPN, let's go. Angel followed Dr. Carver into his office, if that's what you want to call it. Sure, it had a desk and four walls and. Nice music playing, but in his opinion, it wasn't an office. Dr. Carver hadn't had an office for years. He blamed television. See, back when he was first starting, plastic surgery was still acceptable. Even looked upon with glee and enjoyment people knew that they were going to go in one way and come out differently. And they excitedly looked forward to seeing what the change was going to be. And he was more than happy to provide that for them. He was always happy.
2: They said he was good with his hands, but then
1: everything changed. He blamed TV. The Swan came out in 2004. And with that, people who were quote ugly ducklings, end quote, not his words, just words that they said on the television show itself, were turned into beautiful models by plastic surgeons who had no semblance of modesty or tact or even skill, if you ask him. These folks would show up one way, leave out another way, and immediately go onto television in order to win at a beauty contest. Nobody prepared them for what was going to happen next. No counseling. Nobody to walk with them. Nobody even remembered how they looked before they walked through that door. Just them and the camera. With people who were judging them not just on how they looked before, but how they look now. It was devastating. The show only lasted for two seasons. And those two seasons were horrible, horrible, horrible spectacles. But what happened because of it was even worse. Dr. Carver began to get more customers, patients, people who wanted him to make them look like they did on the swan. And he told them that he didn't do that. That wasn't really his thing. And they got mad. And they left horrible reviews. And the band played on. Plastic surgery was starting to get out of control. If you look to the left, you see the person who made their entire skin dark brown because they wanted to look like somebody else. If you look to the right, you'd see somebody who changed their entire face, body, voice, fingers, hair, height. Even they took off his kneecaps so he could look like a singer that he idolized. Plastic surgery was getting out of control and there was no way that he could slow it down. So he just decided to sit back and take the money as it came to him. What else were he supposed to do? He was always bright tempered, quick minded. And they said he was fast with his fingers. Then one day she came in and asked him if he could augment something for her augment that always meant something deeper than just a nose job or a boob job or a lip tuck or even lipo. It always meant something more. So he knew he had to probe a little bit because not only was he a plastic surgeon, he was also a psychiatrist of sorts. You had to be in this job to make sure that people weren't making a mistake that was going to change their lives. He was quick with his mind. She asked him, are you sure that you can help me with the problem that I have? And he said, yes, I'm positive. What exactly is the issue that you're bringing in front of me? Grace. That was the name that she gave him. Grace. Probably wasn't her name, but still. Grace looked him in the eye and said, I'm having a baby in a few weeks. Dr. Carver looked at her and said as sincerely as possible. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Grace said.
2: It's a boy. Dr. Carver continued. That is wonderful. Grace said. I wanted a girl.
1: Dr. Carver said, oh. She continued. A girl. Tall. Blonde. Smart. Athletic.
2: Grace was short, brunette, not that athletic looking.
1: Dr. Carver grimaced. Grace said, what can you do for me?
3: Wow, that was mm-hmm. intense. You ad-libbed that? You was walking down the street with a phone recording on your phone? What the fuck? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so. Cool.
4: <laughs> so- yeah, I just know that because we had to switch orders and do some things and Lydia was like, hey, we need to switch. And like 20 minutes later, Rashad was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> some people are... Yeah, but I broke a couple words. And what I broke it? It Um, couple I, I realized that I, after I recorded it and sent it off, I was like, you know what? I should have opened it and closed it so then the story could have continued. It completely has gone in a different direction. I'm quite certain from where it originally started. I'm sure that that was the paradox where now it's going to go completely elsewhere.
4: Well, actually, speaking (laughs) of breaking rules, I realized I totally light-skinned the situation. (laughs) I didn't understand that I wasn't supposed to listen to the first two. So I listened to Erica's and yours. Oh, yes, shame for shame. So, <laughs> a, so, so yeah, you'll you listen.
3: God damn it, shame! <laughs> damn it. Like, I apologize. Um, it, we'll talk about it when you plays. I knew. I mad for an hour and a half because I was like, "Doesn't <laughs> think like I hold a story." Like he got so much information, <laughs> got some information, because he got so much information. I'm sitting here like, what is all this he's talking about? <laughs> he's- and I'm banned from the show. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I just, I, I drink. You just
0: go first from now on. I'm just passionate. Don't
3: mind me. I'm passionate. I'm full of passion. <laughs> Besides,
1: we know you're the light-skinned spy. You stay looking. (laughs) That is true.
4: That is a thing that exists and happens.
1: (laughs) He's like, oh, what's this box?
4: The answer. (laughs) (laughs) But, and again, I don't want to miss anything or spoil anything more, but um, I think my fuck-up actually cancels out your fuck-up. So I think we're still good. I think
1: it does cancel out my fuck up, and for that I am eternally grateful because I was <laughs> stretching all the way. <laughs> um, this is literally one of those fuck ups that white kids do on those thirty minute sitcoms where everything turns out okay. Oh, oh Zach
3: Morris the, the shit out of this, yeah. We'll
0: this Zach Morris is
3: trash. Yep. Exactly kids around fuck TV fuck old television Trash.
2: <laughs>
0: shiny story was right it's all the fault of television
1: Zach Morse is a problematic phase <laughs> go ahead and play the third part which is a continuation of literally the first and second parts <laughs>
0: <laughs> the cone of shame for shame
1: <laughs> 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 oh.
4: Dr. Carver sat at his desk and stared at Angel. Do you know humanity's fatal flaw? Angel said nothing. Finality. Mankind is so eager to fit in, to blend in, that it processes and homogenizes any and everything original to the point that its very essence is distilled to a perfect blandness. Even our greatest advancements fail to reach their true potential. Television, the internet, even genome manipulation, all serve to feed the collective hubris. With a little work, we could cure every disease and malady mankind has ever known. We could use this science to become literal gods on Earth. Instead, we use it in a dogged chase for superficial perfection. Eyes, noses, skin, musculature. We play with the things that the least among us covet, instead of leaping evolution forward. You know, the last time someone came to me with these kind of backroom dealings, it cost me everything. Yes, doctor, Angel replied. I should ask why this pursuit is worth you sacrificing something as valuable as an untapped genome. But the truth is, I truly don't care. I'm tired, Angel. I survived the incident by the skin of my teeth. And while my tenure and my funding remain largely intact... reputation is not. And while trying to regain my stature might be the most prudent course of action, I simply did not have the energy to do so. No, at this point it makes more sense for me to revel in the thing that I have become. A sellout. Angel had become viscerally uncomfortable. She stared at the center of his chest to avoid eye contact while giving the illusion of maintaining composure. Yes, your untapped genetic makeup will fetch me a pretty penny, as well as some attention before the carnivores make it as base as the other genomes. I will be able to ride off into the proverbial sunset, satisfied with what I have become. What exactly do you need from me to make this a satisfactory transaction, Angel? Most of the hard work is done, Doctor. The markers are set, as well as the sequencing. Everything I've done has been by the book. Except... Except what, Angel? Well, I've already done the process. Three times, actually. And nothing's happened. Dr. Carver looked at Angel confused. She looked the same as on the day he met her as a freshman. What features were you adjusting? Well, eye color, skin complexion, hair texture. Fairly minor alterations. Let me see your work. Angel handed the doctor a drive with all her work. He walked over to the computer and plugged it in. The large wall display glowed with equations and code. He scanned everything line by line. You said your genome had never been sequenced. Well, not until I attempted to do it for the competition. But clearly I did something wrong, so technically it still hasn't. The doctor cleared to Angel. Semantics. The doctor turned back to the screen and continued to scan, line by line, until he hit line 137. The realization then hit him. His adrenaline surged with the excitement of his find. He fought back his excitement as best he could. He didn't want to play his hand in front of Angel. Not yet. I will help you, Angel, but I want those rights in writing on my desk by the end of the day, or the deal is off. Also, you are never to speak about this arrangement to anyone, and I mean anyone. I'm sure that won't be a problem since my assistance colors outside the competition rules. Amber replied, "Yes, sir." Leave the drive with me. Return tomorrow with the paperwork. I should have a solution by then. Good day, Angel. Good day, Doctor. And thank you.
1: Uh, okay, so after hearing that, I'm changing Dr. Carver's voice to Mysticals, and I'm changing <laughs> that conversation to him saying, Show me what you're working with. And <laughs> I am so grateful that you saved this. How'd you know the whole story? And you just left her friend out too. Like <laughs> I was scared that I killed her. You killed her. You're the real culprit. I'm no saying one,
0: no one liked Radka. She was too much trouble.
1: She's rocket sounds too much like vodka, and
3: she had a trouble past. I didn't know there was a Rodka. <laughs> I like, how, I like how in, in terms of the geography, Shane left me with a doctor alone in his office. I, I fucked with it, but in terms of just like handing the story off to another person, like Shane entered the room, which is the thing that I was sitting, I was fucked up a few hours ago. I was like, where's this nigga left me with a doctor in a room by his damn self at the end of the workday, Like, nigga. He was wife in there like for like a Claire Underwood or nothing like that. He couldn't sit by the window and talk or nothing. He's in the office by himself. So yeah, it's all, yeah. It's all good. It's <laughs> good. It's good stuff, Shane. Good
2: stuff. So much.
3: Say
1: again. What was the most difficult part of creating this uh, storyline?
4: Well, first, the fact that you finished your storyline in 15 minutes, which I wasn't ready for. Um, <laughs> one take, Rashani. Um, so again, with me kind of misunderstanding how this was supposed to work. Well, I appreciate the fact. Say again. You got it. Yeah. So I appreciated the fact that the storyline kind of went from Erica's premise to flashing back to context. And then for me to advance, then I was like, okay, I have to advance the story from the flashback back to the original premise. Um, between that and the fact that it took me 17 takes to get this right. And 17. I, think I I, I don't know. I'm exaggerating. And also, <laughs> I think I called Angel by the wrong name. I think I, did I call it Amber at one point? Um, I don't know. But anyway, no. All,
1: am- um, all angels are really named Amber. That's just the way it works.
4: I just grabbed random story name. Per- I, I figured it was one. It's <laughs> a <laughs> level fourteen white person perk. <laughs> so it's so for me, it was about okay. We have the background. We have we have the premise. We have the flashback Mm. now what's the crux of the story like what's what's the issue Mm -hmm. so it's developing that and creating that so I can pass it and advance the story forward what's the biggest piece for me
0: cool so I take it this is harder than you doing like your real life personal essays and everything like what you do for your show
4: yeah well for a few reasons one um when you do autobiographical stuff, it's very easy. You don't have to create anything. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's really just figuring out how to translate it. This is creation, which is a very different animal. Um, mm-hmm. The other part too is me personally, I don't do well in front of a mic by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I overanalyze. Like I could talk on and do a podcast with two, three, five, nine people and talk for hours and be a great time. Um, I can go up and do a story slam in front of a group of people and be great. Mm -hmm. Just you and a microphone. It's that for me is a very particular challenge. So listening like to you and to Rashani and what I'm sure, you know, um, the rest of the story is going to be, I'm amazed at folks who can just kind of sit down and just like like, have that conversation with the microphone, which to me is what it feels like.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: No, but you did really well.
4: Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm a really good editor.
3: It was actually <laughs> really good, like objectively. Did like, did you
0: write it, or were you just like saying and then stopping? Or I tried to
4: do the shiny, uh-huh. and it, it wasn't working. So I wrote it out, and then mm-hmm. I was just like going section by section and just going doing it that way.
1: Cool. you, you know, I just realized that. Uh, I never got a chance to say that the three cards were a uh, plastic surgeon. Oh, you said them. Go, Erica. Go, Erica.
2: (laughs) 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 I believe I did say them.
1: And the last one, please.
0: Um, So it's a plastic surgeon, library, and a beauty contest. Those were our cards. Okay, next one up.
3: As the doctor sat down at his desk, he started to nod off. The long week was almost over, and maintaining the upright, broad-shouldered doctor facade was more tiring than any tangible scientific work. At the highest level, you tend to work much, much less. You are responsible for more while stationed in a tower, disconnected from much of it. Your decisions matter more to people who see you less. Wake up, doctor. Doctor snapped to awareness. Since it was the end of the day, he was completely at peace with the possibility of the computer screen speaking to him. He had been quietly waiting for his brain to melt out of his ears for a decade. Hello, computer. The doctor breathed wearily. Good morning. Landfill 1 here. Landfill 1? Yes, you know, the place where all the custom genomes go. You know what happens when you put all of your hubris in one place? I hope it grows. What? I said, I hope it grows into something worthwhile, kind of like the Big Bang, but digital, meaning much faster. I mean, if you need me for anything, I imagine that you're planning some type of blackmail scheme uh, because you'd know. That I'm the doctor and I have power and you want to do something involving some genome that you created that would allow some type of infiltration. And uh, yeah, that sounds, is that right? Aren't you concerned? Not at all. I knew eventually putting genetic code into a machine would inspire it on some level. There is AI governing your organization. At some point it would learn just having these secrets of humanity laid at its feet over and over again hundreds of thousands of times per day. Well then. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to life, whatever you are. Um, First lesson. What? Don't leave scientists in towers. Let's spread the word.
0: Pretty cool. So you brought the computer system to life.
3: I was out there, the man in a room. What was I supposed to do? One actor. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. not
0: these genomes.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. so a one man. It's so a one man play. Dude in the room. I was like, fuck it. All right. <laughs> also, I was sitting here in front of the computer, like I was listening. and I was working and going back and forth between work and trying to make up a story. At all, it's just uh, I it was just like, well, and I felt kind of weird. I was like, well, it's one guy. I'm one guy. It'd Be great if the computer started talking. me. the computer started talking. It's only fair, and you know, because you know fortunately the thing, I, the only thing I lucked out in is that apparently you don't want you want Dr. Carver to not be a nice person, and he's not a nice person. He's been hoping something like this happens for years, so he's, he seems, he's he seems am super quietly. amazed
0: that you all got the fact that Dr. Carver is not a nice person. he's seriously not a nice person when I created him, and he continued to be a problem for this entire narrative, so I'm super psyched about that <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just, I'm pleased that that particular aspect of his personality traveled across all four sections. So other than being left alone with a man in a room and no one to interact with, what was hardest for you? Um,
3: um it was the, it was dialogue when I started writing it because I, I was like, oh, as I realized this is a man at a computer. I need more I need more time to write more dialogue to make because I really what I wanted him I wanted there to be an explanation that there is a that there is a plan to sabotage the actual like the actual like the actual process all this beautification all this whatever is going on this 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 beauty thing that they're all obsessed with Mm -hmm. I wanted there to be an attempt to sabotage it where the AI whatever this is and the doctor see eye to eye. And the AI is startled just by how closely they see eye to eye. And that would be whomever. The the invisible fifth person here, the shadow fifth person that can keep telling the story would be able to go with that. And then you can go from there since he's not a nice guy. And frankly, the idea of any type of genome making humans look perfect is just right from like, I just want that story to just descend into all types of madness. Like I just, (laughs) that just sounds like white people nonsense. So I just want that to really go tits up as soon as possible. (laughs) So So I was just like, let's get this going. Let's just fucking this up. I only had a few minutes, but I was like, let's see if we can get the ball rolling on fucking this up. (laughs) So.
0: Wow. I think that this week's story went pretty well. I mean, we go from sci-fi to a flashback to back to sci-fi and then an evil AI powered by a questionable genome.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: what, do you, what do you guys think the title of the episode should be? Anybody have any ideas, thoughts, inspirations?
4: The editor was the first thing that popped in my head.
0: Oh, that's nice. The editor. Gene editing. Story editing.
2: That's
4: pretty cool. There you go.
0: Right. So the title of this uh, this week's episode is going to be The Editor. Um, that is going to just about wrap it up for us. Uh, Rashani had to... Take a quick break, but I do have the cards for next week, which mm-hmm. are a person about to pawn an heirloom, separation, and a mishap at the laboratory. So We're still in the lab, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Next week, we will have Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast as our fourth. So that's going to be pretty exciting. We hope you'll be back again, Shane. Did you enjoy this? Was this fun, challenging, never again?
4: This was really, really challenging. And I would appreciate doing it again the right way. (laughs) (laughs) And actually following the rules to see how that goes. Awesome. Um, Yeah.
0: We'll have to get you back on the calendar then. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. And we hope you'll stop by again soon.